Hi. I'm Tally. I'm Adrian. And welcome to another episode of Bite Size Podcast. And we're still doing ghost hunting. We're going to talk about some spooky places today. Yeah. This is not an exhaustive list of spooky places because we are nope. two people. Right. And there's so many spooky places. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. You're probably next to a spooky place right now. I know I am. There's a graveyard on property. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, it's the best. <laughs> but also, like, in New England, like, you can throw a rock and hit a graveyard. Like, there's people buried everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess I am on stolen land, so... It's probably spooky and scary, too. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Not that I stole yeah. it, just throwing that out there. That's not what I mean. <laughs> right. Right, right, right. <laughs> the, the collective we of mm-hmm. American society and all yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, we just uh, are trucking right along. This is the third episode, yeah? Fourth. This will be fourth? the fourth. Oh, yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah, we had to split up that first one because there's just so much history. There's oh, yeah, so there really stuff. is. And in such a short timeline, too. <laughs> right. Oh, my. Like, it just, like, boom, exploded. And then there's, like, after that, it, yeah. It's, I don't it's, know. Yeah, it's just wave after wave of ghost shit. Right. It's like ghosts didn't exist before. Well, no, that's not true. It's <laughs> just, like, spirits and stuff like that. But it seems like it was just, like, all of the sudden. Yeah. Way more ghost shit was happening. Like the 1800s hit, and it was like, shit, goddamn ghosts. <laughs> what up? I wonder what their motive was. It's gold panning. <laughs> yeah, I mean, pretty much, honestly. And we'll, we'll get into that here on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, how's uh, your October going? Um, October is going super well. Um, I have been, I mean, enjoying the shit out of the weather here. Oh my God. The weather has been absolutely incredible. And all of these, like, so New England is famous for its fall foliage. Wow. That was a sentence. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so all of the colors are like, there's like this tree that's like bright fire truck red like right outside of my window that I'm literally looking at right now oh pretty um, yeah and then there's like a mixture of like green some stuff's still green some stuff's yellow some stuff's orange there's a big storm happening right now so it'll probably all be gone but for the past week it's been like 70 degrees with a nice cool breeze and just gorgeous <laughs> lucky <laughs> Yeah, so uh, so October's going pretty great. I've been eating a lot of candy, which is nice. important. Yes. I'm drinking a lot of tea, which is also important. Oh, yeah. I've been really slogging some tea down. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How about you? Um, we've already had weather here. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had a bit of a snowstorm, which luckily wasn't as bad as Storm Atlas, which was devastating, literally, to our right. city. Um, so yeah, you know, there was power outages for two days and Jesus. Um, yeah, but the snow is mostly gone now in true South Dakota fashion. Right. Yeah. But last night was spooky, scary club 
and we got together and we watched the new Halloween Kills on Peacock. Oh my god, was it so good? Dude, I had such a good time. I see it catching shit, like, all over Twitter and stuff that people didn't like it. Um, Yeah. It was definitely a different vibe than other Halloween movies, because Danny McBride helped write it. Uh, Incredible, (laughs) Um, firstly. (laughs) Yeah. So it had, like, Nora and I were just like, why is it funny? Why is it so fucking funny? (laughs) Then she looked that up and we're like, Oh, okay. I get it. Uh, everything makes sense now. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, had a really good time. That I had heard was yeah. That it was it's... like the mixture of funny was like, too. Like, people are like, meh, it's not the traditional Halloween film because the whole thing is that Michael Myers is like stalking people and killing them. I'm just like, oh my God, stop being a baby. Like, yeah. And he still was. So he still was like a mindless killing machine. So, yeah. yeah. I had a great time with it. Hell yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm going to have to watch it now. Yeah. And I carved a pumpkin with a kitty cat face. Oh my God. That's beautiful. I love that. I haven't carved pumpkins yet. I think so. I'm going to a murder mystery party that my friends are like riding right now. Oh my God. The characters and stuff. Are you going to dress up? up Yeah. And the theme is um, like carnival, like, like, um, like circus themed. Right. So, like, everyone's going to, like, have their roles to play and their, like, cute little costumes. What is your costume going to be? I don't know. I haven't, I haven't gotten my character yet. So we're getting our characters this week. What are you hoping for? And then Um, I don't know, like, lion tamer. I was just going to say, I want you to be a lion tamer. (laughs) (laughs) That would be super (laughs) And also the costume would be incredible. Yeah, and um, I'm, I'm going to be mad if you're not the lion tamer. I'm going to be a little upset now. <laughs> I'm manifesting. I'm manifesting yeah, it. Yeah. Mac, if you can hear my thoughts from, <laughs> you know, 10 miles away. Dude, I want you to wear um, those little pants with, like, the poofy thighs, but they're, like, tight the, at the calves. Like, Do you know what I like mean? Like, fat knees, but tight. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. Like, the knees are, like, fat. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And then, you, and then a little whip. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that would be so great. Um, yeah, you should. Yeah, so, you should make that costume, even if you're not the lion tamer, and just show up that way. Right, and be like, "Well, here I am. I know that I am an acrobat, but <laughs> we're gonna figure it out." I'm dressing um, for the part that I want. Yeah, right. Exactly. Dress for the job you want. Oh my god, I'm gonna dress like a lion tamer every day. Except for that's not true because lion taming is like super sad. Yeah, it's a real big bummer once you like get past the uh, sparkle (laughs) of it. (laughs) Right, and the the fat knee pants. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so that party's on the 27th, and I think um we're having another party and like carving pumpkins like pre party. So that's when I'll do that. I am afraid of the weather um like coming up because i've never been in weather in new york i mean like i've been here this entire time but like i don't know what like what the snow is gonna do and it's like forecasting the farmer's almanac is talking about like 10 percent colder winter and like Ugh. all of this like snow so i'm traveling back to south dakota between my seasons but because it is literally the same fucking distance um, I'm going through Montreal and Toronto 
which I'm super excited about. I really am excited to see Montreal. I'm really excited to see like Niagara Falls. Apparently the Canada side has a much better view of the falls. Yeah. I don't know. I've never been. (laughs) We went when I was younger. My fucking grandma is a saint and she packed up several of us kids and drove from Olympia, Washington, all the way to fucking Niagara Falls in a van. That's incredible. We had so many Capri Sun boxes at our feet when we left. (laughs) Oh my god, I bet. I remember just having to put my feet on Capri Sun boxes because there was no floor in front of my little middle seat in the van. Yeah, yeah. Um, So that's all very exciting, but I'm like now starting to get worried about like what the weather is going to look like (laughs) potentially by November. Um, so that's kind of, yeah, that's where we're at. How Midwestern of us to just talk about fucking weather. <laughs> oh God, I know it's happening. It has to happen though. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. But the thing is like, I feel like Midwesterners have like so much more to say about the weather. <laughs> yeah. Cause we, we get in the shit of it and it yeah. sucks. <laughs> Speaking of weather, a famous place where some notably, pe- notably, uh, notable people rather got stuck in the snow oh my god segue that was a good one that was a good one do you want to tell us about this stanley hotel i really do hell yeah (laughs) um because like i obviously knew about the stanley hotel but i've never like dug into its history um and now i like it even more really and i'm going to tell you why Okay, so the Stanley Hotel is the hotel from The Shining, if you didn't know. Some people don't, because it's not called the Stanley Hotel in The Shining. (laughs) No, no, it is not. (laughs) Uh, So I got all of my information from the Wikipedia, Avi, and um, an ABC Action News article, and also the Stanley Hotel's website themselves. Nice. Okay, so the Stanley Hotel, it has 140 rooms. It's a colonial revival hotel in Estes Park, Colorado. Um, It's about five miles from the entrance to the Rocky Mountains. So if you can just picture how beautiful that is, it's prettier than that. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It was built by a man named Freeland Oscar Stanley, which is a dope name. And I love it. And he's also the dude who created the Stanley Steamer. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. He gets carpets cleaner. Yeah, he just fucking gets in there and cleans up hotels and then buys them, I guess. Hell yeah. That's fucking uh, sick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so they opened on July 4th in 1909, which I also love for some reason. I don't know. Um, and it was originally a resort for, like, upper-class Easterners um, for, like, a health tr- um, health retreat for, like, tuberculosis. <laughs> Yeah, that was the thing. They were yeah. like, Colorado, the high mountain air, it'll fucking just clear you right up. <laughs> yeah, and it did. Um, yeah. So, yeah, the hotel and its um, surrounding structures are listed as a national, on the National Register of Historic Places, um, which is also cool. And today the hotel also includes a restaurant, spa, and a bed and breakfast with a panoramic view of Lake Estes, the Rockies, and Long Peak. Um, so I also didn't know that the Stanley Hotel is not just that one building. It's also several other buildings. So when you go to, like, book a room, you have to specify which 
hotel or bed and breakfast you want to be in. Wow. So it's it's like a whole fucking campus of hotels. <laughs> right, yeah. I always thought it was just the one big lodge, which I guess is not even, like, there's apparently, like, part of it, The Shining was also filmed in, like, Oregon or Washington or something like that, and there's, like, another outside <laughs> and then yeah. like the inside was the so it's yeah there's yeah. a lot of stuff going on with the shining it's yeah it's i i think they do that with a lot of movies um i mean yeah probably I oh my know. god like anytime <laughs> i see like a tv show or something that's like says they're in south dakota and i see they're outside and i'm like no you are not no yeah i can 100 percent guarantee you are not in south dakota <laughs> you are not standing next to a ponderosa pine you are not in south dakota <laughs> No, right, right, exactly. <laughs> Liars, fakes, all of you. <laughs> okay, so the Stanley Hotel inspired the Overlook Hotel in Stephen King's 1977 best-selling novel, The Shining, and its 1980 film adaptations, and was a filming location for the related 1997 TV miniseries, which I didn't know about. Wait, there's a miniseries? There is. Oh my god, Marina has what? to watch that could they possibly do in a miniseries i have no idea there's like they pretty much did it all in the movie (laughs) yeah i know that that Um, was it (laughs) yeah so i'm probably gonna check that out it's from 97 so it's probably terrible oh god it's probably so fucking bad however the 90s or early 2000s the stand was like okay i guess so maybe it's not bad let's hope uh, so yeah, Oscar moved to Colorado back in the day in the early 1900s um, to shake his own tuberculosis, and it fucking worked. So he decided to just keep doing that, and that's when he opened the Stanley Hotel, because he wanted other people to also not die. Um, but Stanley, he ended up dying in 1940 at the age of 91, which is fucking crazy. Right, for a person uh, with fucking tuberculosis. Like, Jesus yeah. Christ. Colorado, it <clears throat> works wonders. Um, his spirit is said to still roam the hotel. Specifically, staff says he is often spotted in the hotel's billiard room and bar. Like a the dapper man that he was. Of course. He's just, you know, he's he's enjoying a frosty beverage with he really gentlemen. Is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Stanley's wife, Flora, has also reportedly been spotted in the hotel and is known to tickle the keys of the piano. I did not say that. That is from the hotel's website. Right, right. Just tickling the ivories, you know. <laughs> yeah. Do. Um, another ghost that has said to be uh, in the hotel is this former housekeeper, Elizabeth Wilson, or Mrs. Wilson, if you will. Um, mm. The hotel has tours. Um, they have an after dark tour as well, so they'll take you around and tell you all the spooky stuff. Um and the tour guide says that Wilson was lighting lanterns in the room back when you actually had to go, like, set things on fire to have light. Um, <laughs> and it was in room 217. And then there was, like, this big gas gas explosion. And she actually survived the blast, but passed away years later. But she still haunts room 217. Like, she, her ghost didn't want to leave it, even though she didn't die there. That's what they say about uh, Marilyn Monroe and the old Calneva Lodge in uh, in Tahoe. It's like she and um, Frank Sinatra used to go there very often, and there's like a light that she will like sit on. 
uh, or like under, and it will like light up and people see her. But obviously, like she died nowhere near. Yeah, that's cool. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So guests that stay in room two seventeen report that things have been moved, that their luggage um, has been like packed up weirdly for them, um, that the lights go on and off. And it also seems Wilson is rather conservative because guests say she's not a fan of unmarried couples and unmarried couples who sleep in that room and um, they feel like a cold presence between them while in bed. Oh, my God. Yeah, That's... that would be so I mean, uncomfortable. You know, leave enough space for Jesus, am I right? I guess. <laughs> or Miss Wilson. <laughs> or Miss Wilson. That's what I'm going to say from now on. <laughs> So the spirits aren't just adult spirits. The tour guides also say that there's um, the ghost of a child with autism named Billy running around. And he has been known to like play with guests' hair and like tug at their clothes a little bit. And the staff says that he is drawn to people who work with autism or who are familiar with autism, which is really interesting to me. Especially because there's not any reported child death on the site. Um, and I was reading something about it, and one of the tour guides um, said that she thinks that people have such a good time at the Stanley Hotel that that's why these ghosts are there. Even if they don't die there, they just really like the area and their ghosts come back to it. Right, the residual energy just, like, brings them to their happy place. Yeah, which is a nice way to think about it. Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> um, on the fourth floor of the Stanley Hotel, guests have also reported hearing children running around and laughing and playing, which I would fucking hate. <laughs> uh, I don't know what I would be, like, I don't know what I would do in that situation. That yeah, would be I... Fun for me. It would, yeah... I'm not super in, um, to ghost children. I think they're scarier. (laughs) Yeah, I think children of ghosts are a lot more scary than, like, regular adult ghosts. (laughs) I don't know. I just, like, it's something about, well, because they're not supposed to, like, you're not supposed to fucking die so young. Yeah. So it's already kind of fucking unnatural. And yeah. then you're just running around laughing in the middle of the fucking night. Absolutely fuck no. Mm-hmm. I don't like it when alive children do no, that. So. Children are not supposed to be laughing at night. <laughs> They're supposed yeah, to be sleeping. don't like that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I guess the fourth floor um, is where nannies would take the kids that they were watching and spend most of their day on the fourth floor. Not sure why. Must have been a classist thing. Um <clears throat> Not all of the hotel's perpetrated ghosts stand on two legs, though. There is a pet cemetery on the grounds, and that is where the tour ends, which is so cute. And the staff says that there's the ghosts of um, a cat and a dog that roam around the hotel as well. That's adorable. I I think it's so cute. I like that way more than children ghosts. Yeah, I would much rather have a dog and kitty ghost than a child ghost. Absolutely. Yeah. Because they just meow. Meow. Yeah, I would love bork, that. Bork. <laughs> <laughs> oh um, my god. I do have a picture of the pet cemetery, so that will be up on the gram. Oh my gosh, yes. I'm so excited. Yeah, so Stephen King obviously did a lot for this hotel as well, 
And it was in, this is, comes from the website, um, out there, Colorado.com. Nice. So in the fall of 1974, Stephen King and his wife stopped for the night at this old hotel overlooking the city. And, uh, he just like, um, the hotel had fallen on hard times and it was just like the shell of what it used to be. Um, so that, you know, already is setting the tone. And when they arrived, they found out that they, the hotel was closing for the winter. And so there was only a skeleton crew there and they were, um, the only paying guests that night since they were closing. Like it was the last night, no one else was there. Um, and they checked into the presidential suite, which is room 217. Oh, nice. Hell yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, it sounds like the people at the hotel were like, since you're the only paying guest, here, have the presidential suite. And that just happens to be Mrs. Wilson's room. Um, So that night, Stephen King had a nightmare in which he saw his young son being chased down the hotel's long, empty corridors by a predator um, that had, like, a fire hose that was chasing his kid. So he woke mm. up, like, fucking freaked out and was like, shit. And he went and stepped out on the balcony to smoke a cigarette. And that's the first it, thing you do. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> exactly. And then he claims that by the time he finished that cigarette, he had, like, the bones of what would be his third. And his third novel and first bestseller, The Shining. Amazing. And then... I thought this was super cool. The movie now plays nonstop on a designated channel in the hotel. And I think that's really fucking cool. (laughs) Yeah, that's super awesome. Holy shit. Yeah. So, like I said, the hotel now does um, night tours and they talk about the hauntings. Um, They also list paranormal activity as one of the highlights when you go to book a room. Um, And when you're booking a room, you can choose from, like, regular things, you know, like, classic king or sweets or whatever Um, but you can also request spirited rooms and those are the ones that they say have the most um activity in them and i can't wait to do it someday um i feel like that should be a bite-sized trip yeah i really want to do it and this is (laughs) they even go like above and beyond um because if you want to get like super spooked or whatever you get the spirited rooms, um, especially like on the fourth floor and stuff. They give you a pocket size uh, EMF reader and like other ghostly things, um, including <clears throat> a mug that says red rum. Oh, my and, God. Yeah, I, I fucking want to do it so, so bad. That's fucking rad. That, yeah. that makes you feel a lot better. Cause, so I work in seasonal work, obviously. Um, and so I started looking, I was like, I didn't even think about this, but like, you can like literally live at the Stanley hotel for like a whole summer. Like you could go do that. And so yeah. I like started looking up, um, like employment reviews and stuff like that. And there was like a lot of people that were like, ah, the management's terrible. And it just like sounded like such a fucking shitty hotel. Like it was just like <laughs> just a hotel. So I'm glad that they actually do lean in the ghost stuff. Also yeah. with seasonal work, I find the people that like complain the most are like people that got fired for doing dumb shit. Yeah, um, I could see that. But, yeah. But either way, I was like, that makes me feel a lot better. I want to. I still want to go because it looks gorgeous regardless. Yeah, it really does. And the view looks like it would be amazing. Yeah. 
But yeah, I looked up um, booking a night. It's very expensive. <laughs> I was like, oh, maybe uh, like Noah and I can swing down there for a weekend and stay in the spooky room. And I was like, okay, so one night someday in the future is more of what we can afford. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the Stanley Hotel. Fucking hell yeah, buddy. Right. What do you got? What are you telling us about? Um, so I'm going to start off with uh, the Paris Catacombs. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I got my information from a couple different places. Obviously the Wikipedia, the show. Um, but also the t- thetourguy.com uh, blog. Um, as well as Ghosts of Paris Past, A Dark Side of the City of Light on CityWonders.com. Oh. Um, and also from the Catacombs website itself. Cool. Um, because it's like a museum now. Yeah, Noah and uh, I were going to go when we were in Paris, um, but you... Oh my god, you did it? No, because you have to wait in line. Like, you can't, yeah. like, red serve things and, like... The lines were like so fucking long, and we were there at literal Christmas time. So oh, of course, yeah. I was like, I'm not gonna because stand what's outside. Better than <laughs> looking at dead bodies on Christmas. I love that. I know I would have, but yeah, right. I was like, I'm not gonna like waste a bunch of time in line and maybe not even get in because that's the shitty thing is like you can wait in line for all that time, and then if they're closed by the time it's you're up, you you don't get to go. Right. That seems hella dumb hopefully yeah. that's changed since covid happened yeah hopefully because shit dude right but oh anyways that's tell weird. me what i missed <laughs> absolutely um so the catacombs of paris uh are underground ossuaries uh which means a place that holds dead people i found that out when i was okay. reading this article cute uh in paris france uh which holds the remains of more than six million people <laughs> what yeah, so Holy I had no shit. idea the number until we got into it. Uh, yeah, so there's six million bodies in the in the Paris catacombs. Does it smell um, bad? I don't know. I've never been, but I I always <laughs> always hear people talk about nothing but Paris smells like shit. Like every single time that I'm like, oh my god, I really want to go to France. Like I would love to go see Paris. Everybody's like, stinks, stinks like shit. So it's probably it might oh. be, you know, the six million dead people. I don't know. Maybe. What was your experience? Was was Paris stinky to you? Not really. Um, we were also there in the winter, so that could have something to do with it. Um, oh, yeah, I will yeah, yeah. say, like, Manhattan in the summer was the worst smelling city I've ever been in. Yeah, I can 100% believe It smelled that, like for sure. literal dog shit and piss because yeah. their dogs just shit and piss on the sidewalk there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And no one fucking <laughs> cleans it up. It's fucking wild. They do it yeah. in San Francisco, too. I think the worst smelling city I've ever been to is Portland, Oregon. Oh, yeah. 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 It's not great. Um, anyway, but all of this was built um, starting in 1774 because essentially what was happening was so many people were dying um, that their their uh, cemeteries were getting overrun. So, like, bodies were, like, stacked on top of bodies. There's just so many dead people in Paris, yeah. which, you know, it's a big urban center and kind of always has been. Um, 
since the establishment of the city. So it's like people were getting buried on top of other bodies, like stuff like to the point where if a storm would come through, it would like wash away the dirt on the surface and expose bodies oh to the naked eye. Yeah. So like <laughs> Paris be stinky. <laughs> Nobody wants that. <laughs> no, it's, it's stinky and spooky Paris up in here. Um, so yeah, so the, the city was like, we have to fucking do something. So they had these stone quarries um and like a network of tunnels that was like built underneath the city and so they started moving um bodies into the catacombs at the time the preparation work began shortly after 1774 um and essentially like the kids cemetery like the where the little children were buried like the cemetery wall collapsed and like spilled the saint innocence cemetery quarter is like so it's it spilled out onto the you know bodies <laughs> out where they're not supposed to be oh essentially how traumatizing <clears throat> can you imagine just like walking to go get a loaf of bread and then a child's body just washes by you Ooh. i would throw up i would probably i would throw up i just don't i can't i have only ever seen like, in person, real life, one dead body. And it was my grandfather's at his, like, open casket funeral. Right. Um, and I still didn't fucking like it. Well, I guess that's not true because I've, like, seen, like, like a- anatomy, like, cadaver courses. But that's a little bit different because they're, like, already, like, yeah dissected. So it, like, removes, I guess, a human element. I don't fucking know. But if I saw... A fucking just dead body. Just like in the street. I would throw up and die. Yeah, I would not be okay. (laughs) Yeah. I had to, um, um, I did the hair for a dead lady once at a funeral home. Yeah, it was, it was a fucking experience, dude. It was obviously, (laughs) it was when I was still actively doing hair and one of my clients was a mortician and he called me one day and he was like, Hey, my regular person's out. Can you come do hair for one of my, I can't remember the word he used, um, (laughs) but it was obvious, you know, a dead body. And I was like, hell yeah, dude, I'll be over. And, uh, (laughs) it was, it was fucking weird. It was good weird, but yeah. Right. But strange. It was odd. Yeah, because I at one point my hand brushed her forehead and she was you know oh. ice cold and I was like I've never experienced this. <laughs> right, exactly. Oh, I think so that weird. was like maybe what like set me off about like my grandfather's too. Was like my my grandmother obviously very upset because her husband has just died. Um, like touched his hand and she was like, "Oh, he's so cold." And I was like, yeah. "I'm gonna throw up. Oh, I'm yeah. so sorry. I have to fucking leave this room right it's, now." I'm it's so very weird to touch a like a. <laughs> A cold person, like a truly cold person. (laughs) (laughs) Spooky season. (laughs) Anyway. Um, Yeah, so everything, uh, so that happened and it was like, you know, we got to step up the pace. And so 1774, they started work on it. Um, And starting in 1786, so a little over 10 years later, they started nightly processions of covered wagons to transfer the remains of most of Paris's cemeteries to a mine shaft opened near the Rue de la Tomisère. I don't know if I said that right. Did they um, ring a bell and say, bring out your dead? Bring out your dead? <laughs> no. Uh, but they did just fucking dump these fucking people down a hole. Uh, Jesus. So, yeah, so it didn't actually, like, it wasn't 
like organized how it was like they didn't like carefully place all of the bodies initially they just started fucking dumping shit which is wild <laughs> yeah that's um, so crazy yeah, I guess so if you're panicking the- and you have like a bunch of bodies to get rid of you're like fuck it just pour them in a hole <laughs> right 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 exactly <laughs> um so eventually some like groups did go back through and like organize everything um but the transferring of bodies from above took 12 years holy shit 12 I guess years like to transfer all the six million it's a bodies. lot of people that's a lot of people and that, you know they're not yeah. walking by themselves you gotta fucking carry all this fucking people <laughs> yeah. and you have to do it at night because you don't want fucking people in the daytime to just be like although it is oh, like the God. 1700s so it probably wasn't the fucking worst thing they'd seen honestly yeah um yeah so uh how bizarre so the, yeah, God, I can't even imagine. So transferring the bodies took 12 years, uh, and burials in the catacombs lasted until 1860. Um, so about 100 years of uh, burying bodies in the catacombs. Okay. Okay. So there are, because obviously it's built in a quarry, like in like tunnels connecting the stone quarries. Um, there's seven levels and 200 miles of old Holy cave shit. tunnels and quarries. Yeah. Also, fun fact. That's insane. Yeah. It's not, well, I can't, so, okay, we're going to get into it here because I have some fun stuff to, well, it's not really fun, actually. It's, like, really fucking sad. But anyway, um, so there's all these fucking levels. They call tomb explorers cataphiles because they're, like, going into, like, the catacombs. Fuck yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so cataphiles, pretty cool. Um, So this brings me to the not-so-great part about cataphiles and like the catacombs and exploring and stuff like that obviously there's an established museum uh the entry for which is at uh a place called which is funny it's called barrier d'enfer which literally translates to gate of hell um and this was a, a former city gate i believe i couldn't like i was trying to look it up and see if it was established beforehand i'm pretty sure it was already established as a city gate Um, and then the tunnels just extended outwards towards that. So like, there's this, you know, idea that the catacombs are the gateway to hell. The catacombs in Paris specifically are the gateway to hell. Yeah. Which brings me to this guy. So in 1990, um, or in the 1990s rather, a camcorder was found in the catacombs with a video of a man approaching something, getting spooked, and then dropping the camera and running. No one knows if the man made it out of the catacombs alive, and the footage was shown in a 90s ABC documentary about the catacombs, who, like, some people think that it's, like, one of those, like, found footage things where it's, like, they're just trying to, like, perpetuate this to, like, drum up, you know, publicity or to, like, make this guy famous or whatever, but, like, that's the thing is, like, cataphiles and, like, people go into these catacombs through different entrances because there's entrances all over the city, because um, there's 200 fucking miles of tunnels. Right. So you can get to places like, you know, you can get to like unexplored areas of the catacombs. And if you don't have like the proper equipment with you, you can fucking end up getting trapped in there and sticking around forever. And then you become, you know, one with the catacombs. Oh my God. <laughs> Isn't it fucking crazy? So like, so that just happens. Um... Sorry, one second. Um, So, being that there's, you know, six million fucking people (laughs) 
in uh, buried underneath the city. Um, obviously, there's going to be like hauntings and things like that. There's uh, I haven't seen anything like in terms of like a specific ghost that like always haunted, but at the same time, it's six million people, so right, you know. There's going to be a lot of activity, but it's said that the Paris catacombs around midnight, the walls begin to talk and call out to people. Oh, weird. explorers deeper and deeper into the males of tunnels, out of which some have never returned. Don't like that. <laughs> no. And so that's like kind of like the creepier fucking thing. Like if the walls started being like. I would, I would leave. I would like, right. Well, you would think, but like, also like, I like scaring myself and I like freaking myself out. Um, so obviously, uh, the movie as above, so below, which I've talked about a couple of times, I feel like, especially during this series is one of my favorite movies of all fucking time. Um, and a lot of people believe that that it's a found, it's not a found footage movie. It's more like a documentary of found footage. Um, it's got kind of a weird style, um, but I like it a lot. Anyway, so they go into the catacombs and they're like searching for like this like artifact or whatever, and they end up finding the gate to hell and then come out of a manhole and it's fucking great. And there's all, you know, people going under the city, but there's all kinds of fucking spooky shit. And so a lot of people believe that this camcorder footage is like what inspired and, like, the legends about, like, the gate to hell is what inspired that movie. And I did actually find the camcorder footage, because obviously it was on that documentary. And whatever he's fucking approaching is fucking terrifying. Ooh. And then... Do you it, see it, it on like, the looks... footage? Yeah, you can see it. It's, like, there's, like, a flayed man. Like, how it is on, um, like, Game of Thrones. Like, that image oh, of yeah. the flayed man. It looks like that painted on a fucking wall. And then there's something off in the distance to, like, the right-hand side. And it's spooky. And then he drops the camera and fucking runs. And, of course, like, if you're in the fucking dark, like, who fucking knows? Like, nobody knows that that guy got out alive. Because, you know, just lost in the annals of time. <laughs> and if you get far enough into it, you can be a dead body in there for literally fucking forever until someone stumbles across you. you yeah. Know? Um, and so I went back and also watched that documentary and he goes to that like area and then they find this pit of fucking bones in this fucking room and the pit like just keeps going fucking down. So like there's no end in sight. Like they were like pulling some of the, and it's not organized. It's just a pile of fucking, well, it's not a pile. It's a pit cause it's fucking level with the ground almost. And there's no fucking end in sight. Dang. And it's fucking terrifying. So it's like fucking gate to hell. There you go. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> Yeah, so needless to say, I want to go to the fucking Paris Catacombs so much. Yeah, it's definitely (laughs) on my bucket list for sure. Yeah. Just like eating a crepe, waiting in line for three hours to look at bones. (laughs) Yeah, dude, I'm into it. I'm fucking into it. (laughs) Hell yeah. Fucking crazy. Well, do you want to hear about uh, the Winchester Mystery House? If I can absolutely want to. I have never been to it, and I live really close to it. <laughs> yeah, you should uh, make a trip. Uh, yeah, I, w- I want to. Yeah, I want to, too. Um, yeah, I watched... Uh, you know how last year during the pandemic, a lot of these places were doing online tours? Yeah. Uh, I watched the online tour of the Winchester Mystery House. Um, fucking rad. Yeah, it was super dope. It might still be up somewhere, so definitely worth... It's only, like, a 40-minute little thing, I think. Um, 
But yeah, I'll talk about it a little bit later too. So I used uh, the Winchester, oh, it's just winchestermysteryhouse.com, which is their official website, and I used the Wikipedia. Nice. Uh, so, the Winchester Mystery House is a mansion in San Jose, California, that was once the personal residence of Sarah Winchester, the widow of f- firearms dealer William Wirt Winchester. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Which is a Solid fucking game. bizarre middle name. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a Queen Anne-style Victorian mansion. Um, it's renowned for its size, its architectural architectural curiosities and the lack of any master building plan. It yeah, is it's yeah. fucking ghosts. <laughs> it's so weird. It is a designated <clears throat> California historical landmark and is listed on the National Register of Historic Places. It's now privately owned and serves as a tourist attraction. Uh, so it says, since its construction in 1886, the property and mansion were claimed by many to be haunted by the ghosts of those killed with Winchester rifles. Under Winchester's day-to-day guidance, Sarah's, um, mm. it's from the ground up construction proceeded around the clock by some accounts without interruption until her death in September of 1922, at which time uh, the work on the house immediately ceased. Sarah Winchester's biographer, however, says that Winchester would, quote, routinely dismiss workers for months at a time to take rest. Um, so just noting, like, it wasn't ceaseless work. She did take time off. Um, but one of the, you know, allures to the Winchester Mystery House is this myth that she never stopped the construction. So... Right. I kind of believe the biographer <laughs> uh, more than the rumors, personally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. The, um, the little tour that I watched, they mentioned that she um, had them work on the house so much and so often because Sarah was convinced that that would confuse the spirits that were haunting her. Uh, so she was like, you know, if I keep creating weird hallways that go nowhere and stairs that go nowhere and doors that lead to nothing, this will confuse the spirits and they won't be able to find me. Yeah. Uh, So Sarah's husband, uh, Mr. Winchester, he died and he left her with like this big fucking fortune, obviously because Winchester guns are huge. Um, And then shortly after her baby died as well. So she was like fucked up, you know, and she went to a medium and the medium that she visited told her to leave her town of New Haven and head west. So that's how she went to California. Like she was nice. like, "Fuck it, I need a new start. I'm going to California." West. Yeah, yeah, as I feel you like that do. Was a lot of people during yeah. that time. The West was, you know, a big sparkly thing. Yeah, only it's it wasn't fine. sparkling at the time. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's okay. They, yeah, they they made it sound like it was uh, the big thing to do. So in 1884, she purchased, um, like this unfinished farmhouse is what it was at first. And then she began to just build onto it and created this crazy fucking mansion. And she hired a bunch of carpenters and they worked like day and night until it became a seven story mansion. 
Um, I think currently, yeah, I think currently it's only four stories. Um, but yeah, it was up to seven. Uh, she didn't use an architect and that kind of added obviously to the building in like this haphazard fashion. So it's all that led to it being extra fucking weird. Um, Mm. so the home contains numerous oddities such as doors and stairways that go nowhere, windows overlooking other rooms and stairs with like odd sized risers. Um, some say it's because she had arthritis. So she wanted like really steep steps, but really short. So she didn't have to lift her legs very much. Um, (laughs) which just sounds fucking bizarre. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I mean, sure. If, if that's how you want to get through your house and weird, tiny little steps. Great. That's an option for you. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. Many accounts attribute um, that these oddities were all because of her belief in ghosts. And environmental psychologists have theorized that the odd layout itself contributes to the feeling of the house being haunted. So, like, just the way it looks and is feels wrong. Right. Um, Yeah, so there was that huge earthquake in 1906. Um, and that's yeah. when the house was seven stories, and then it wasn't after that. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it was not. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> the house um, had a, a floating foundation, which helped it not completely fall to the ground, in case you were that's wondering. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so today, it's got the four stories. There's roughly 161 rooms, including... 40 bedrooms, two ballrooms, one completed and one not completed, as well as 47 fireplaces, over 10,000 panes of glass, 17 chimneys with evidence of two others, two basement levels, and three elevators. <laughs> Which is wow, that's fucking like a lot. crazy. It seems unreal. Um, the property that she purchased back in the day was 162 acres at the time, but the estate is now reduced just to four and a half acres. And that is the minimum necessary to contain the house and the nearby outbuildings. It has gold and silver chandeliers, hand inlaid floors and trim and a vast array of colors and materials. Um, and due to, Oh, yeah. I already talked about that. Um, (laughs) Her arthritis and stepping on weird stuff. Um, There was only one working toilet for her, which is weird. I don't know why. Um, And but like all the other ones still had toilets. And she claimed that they were um, like decoys to confuse spirits. Wow. But it seems like a house that big, like. Maybe just one other working toilet for all of the people that are working in your house would be cool. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> um, just seems and, like a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, on, oh, man. shit, dude. You got 161 rooms and one working toilet. <laughs> hmm. And uh, she also slept in a different room each night to confuse the spirits. Because, um, you know, there were 40 bedrooms. Right. So it's like... I wonder where that 
working toilet is located because if I have to pee in the middle of the night, I'm not going to want to walk up. Right, especially if you, you got know. arthritis. Like. Yeah. Seems weird, but that's what she does, so. Um, All right. <laughs> yeah. The tour I watched said she had a, a room where she regularly regularly did seances, and they showed it, and it's really fucking cool looking. And they did show her bathroom, like, her personal bathroom, and it's, like, if I remember correctly, which I probably don't, um, it's, like, this soft <laughs> seafoam green glass everywhere, and it's really, like, it just looks fucking cool and spooky. And, like, That's all of the rooms awesome. that they showed, like, everything... It's, everything was just like in a weird place and her seance room was um, just like really decorative and ornate which I truly love fuck yeah yeah so it has um, 24,000 square feet 10,000 windows 2,000 doors um, 52 skylights yeah 13 bathrooms and only one working toilet it has 6 kitchens <clears throat> That just seems criminal, especially if you've got like guests, yeah, or like I don't know. I wonder. I wonder if they do. Um, like, what happens if someone on tour has to like pee, and more than one person has to pee? They probably have public bathrooms for them somewhere else, right? Okay, or something. I don't know. I hope. Fuck. I'm <laughs> hoping you will find out for us. <laughs> yeah, I can definitely, that is something that I can do. Maybe we'll do a uh, a Patreon episode. Oh, shit. Maybe I'll fly down and we can go on a tour together. Uh, that would be fucking amazing. Please yeah. do. I love that for us. <clears throat> we can, okay. like, get a room in San Jose and I can just drive down and you can fly into there. That'd yeah. be great. That would be cool. I'm into it. Put it oh, on yeah. the books. Will do. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, in addition to all of the ghost that Sarah was convinced she was haunted by, all the people that died at the hands of um, her guns, essentially. Um, There's also a number of employees at the house currently, and a few of the visitors have claimed to cross paths with a ghost named Clyde, who is a mustached man, and he's sometimes seen pushing a wheelbarrow in the basement or trying to repair the fireplace in the ballroom. And I do have a picture of Clyde from the website um, that we will include in the Instagram. Uh, he was a real dude, and he's still just working on the house, Fucking as the saying yeah. goes. Yeah. Good old Clyde. Um, many guests and employees of the mansion have said that they have heard footsteps that they can't catch up to. Um, there's this one account of a dude that works at the hotel or not hotel, the mansion currently, and he heard footsteps. And so he was trying to see, I, I kind of think that it was in like a place where the tours don't go. So he was trying to see who it was and he kept like following the footsteps and could never catch up to them until they were at the very top. And then there was no one there. So that's creepy. Yeah, yeah, super weird. Oh I god. would, oh my god, I would hate that. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, um, so there's also, you know, like, people will see the shadows move and things in the corner of their eyes. Um, people have also felt their clothes being tugged and things brushing past them during tours and things like that. Uh, something else that I thought was interesting is there is um, Houdini visited during that time, Um 
he was in 1924, he was doing his tour of his, his like nationwide spiritualism lecture. <clears throat> yeah. And, Cause he's a fucking ghostbuster. Yeah. So he was there talking about it and, um, someone that worked at the mansion was also into magic. So he like got to talking to Houdini and told him about the house. So Houdini came and like checked out the house and I included, um, a little snippet from a newspaper, um, clipping of Houdini visiting there, um, that we can also include on the Instagram. And it basically just says that he was there and he visited, um, the house and he really just wanted to kind of check it out and it says that he was impressed with the house and the peculiar arrangements so i thought that was really cute Mm. um (laughs) many other mediums have gone and visited and even zach baggins has visited the house to check things out for him him. yeah i'm gonna talk about him so much soon (laughs) oh i'm so excited for that oh yeah uh, so a couple of fun facts. There's a bunch of fun facts about the Winchester Mystery House, um, but these are just a few that I enjoyed. Um, <laughs> the mansion was inspiration behind the Haunted Mansion at Disneyland and Disney World, which is one of my favorite rides. Um, Hell yeah. There's been many books and musicals, which is weird, that have been inspired by the house and Sarah. Like Wait. a shit ton of fucking musicals about the Winchester Mystery House. Are you fucking kidding me? How have I never heard of this before? <laughs> I hadn't either, but when I was reading um, about this and it just kept listing off musicals, I was like, what is happening? <laughs> it's so weird. Um, but yeah, there are. Um, there is the movie Winchester starring Helen Mirren as Sarah. And it was filmed at the house and that movie came nice. out in 2018 and it looks like the, the actual Winchester mystery house is really stoked on the movie because they promote it on their website still to this day. Oh, that's fucking sick. That's not, I mean, that's relatively recent. I'll have to check that out because A, I fucking love Helen Mirren. <laughs> right? Oh my God. <clears throat> yeah. Um, Christine McConnell, um, she is like a, a beautiful crazy talented artist cat cat, like a catch-all artist she's just really great at everything she does um but she built a gingerbread replica of the house like a huge fucking gingerbread replica and like even made um like candy windows and everything because sarah winchester really loved spider webs so she had her windows specially made to look like spider webs in a few spots in the house so in the gingerbread house, it had those, um, and they displayed it in the Winchester mystery house, um, a few holiday seasons back. And there's a YouTube video showing how she made it and all that. And like behind the scenes stuff, it was pretty cool. That's um, awesome. there's also been a whole bunch of podcast episodes about it, including lore criminal and us bite-sized yeah. podcast. <laughs> We talked about it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've heard the episode of uh, Lore. It's really good. Yeah. So, yeah, that is the Winchester Mystery House. Hell yeah. Thank you very much. Um, uh, next up, we're going to talk about, I'm going to talk about a place that's actually uh, very near to Adrian and used to be me um, because it's somewhere in South Dakota. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, yeah. 
so I was doing my research on Indigenous Peoples Day, so I wanted to start talking about Deadwood by saying that it's situated on land. And we, you talked about it uh, just uh, earlier. <laughs> um, yeah. So Deadwood is situated on land that belongs to the Lakota people and was promised to them by the Fort Laramie Treaty of 1868, and the land was illegally settled and continues to be illegally occupied um, during the 17th, or sorry, the 1870s. Uh, so General Custer, the famous shithead, uh, led an expedition through the Black Hills and found gold in French Creek. Uh, from that point on, the Black Hills gold rush led to the, like I said, illegal settling of the area. Uh, and honestly, it was depraved as hell. (laughs) Like, it's, it was a gold rush town. It was a gold mining town. Like, there was, like, horrific, like, acts perpetrated against the native people of the area, um, it was also just, like, it was a seedy gold rush town that came with all of the things that seedy gold rushes bring, you know? So yeah, that's, like, like, crime. All the bad things. Terrible hygiene, you know? Fucking all kinds of shit. Shootouts. Um, shootouts. Um, there's actually, so I, um, when I first came back to South Dakota, when I was, like, there for, like, the two years um, that I was there as an adult, um, I actually went on a like ghost tour yeah Um, so the one that they do on the bus and the like tour guide was super super sweet and lovely and we like went up to mount mirai which i'll talk about here in just a second um which is a famous cemetery where wild bill hickok is buried and uh, it's so fucking cool looking it's also like one of the coolest fucking cemeteries i've ever been to in my life yeah um but she was talking about uh, she tells, like, stories of, like, things that were happening in the town during, like, you know, the 1800s, like, days of 76, so 1876 was, like, the heyday of this place. Um, and she was telling a story about there was two cowboys that were talking about, like, depraved fucking shit that they would do to, like, the native peoples. There was postings that were offering $50, which back in the day, that was a lot of money. That's a lot of fucking money. Um, for the heads of Native Americans. Like, when I say, like, fucked up, it's, like, fucked up shit. Um, and I'm glad that more people are talking about, like, how fucked up everything was. Yeah. Um, but, so she tells the story, is, like, there was two cowboys that, like, they murdered this native man and rode his fucking head into town and, like, through town, like, covered the streets in fucking blood. Like, that's how fucked up Deadwood was. I hate it. Um, Yeah, it's... And the crazy thing about it is, so I went on this ghost tour with my grandmother, and apparently she had never been on this tour before, um, but apparently my, like, great, great, great aunt was like four years old or something like that standing on the street like just like you do because the yards were the street and all the houses were built in rows because you know it's an you know old gold mining town everything's made of wood (laughs) not put together very well you know yeah uh so she was standing in the road and like saw that fucking happen and like told the fucking story to the family Jesus. and so that's how my grandmother knew that story which is fucking that's insane fucking gnarly <clears throat> yeah yeah um so yeah Deadwood <laughs> very haunted because yeah. like terrible fucked up shit happened and it wasn't just like to the native american people it was also 
uh, to everyone else. So first things first, let's talk about Old Style Saloon number 10. Fuck yeah. <laughs> uh, so Old Style Saloon number 10 is located uh, just right there on Main Street in Deadwood, South Dakota. Um, this is from the Wikipedia, by the way. And then I also got a bunch of stuff from like Travel Deadwood and Travel South Dakota, like the travel, like whatever. Uh, website, sorry. <laughs> Um, the saloon is best known as the site where the old, uh, American Old West legend Wild Bill Hickok was assassinated by Jack McCall, which fucking cool names, man. Yeah. Hell <laughs> cool yeah. Cool fucking names. Uh, while playing a game of poker on August 2nd of 1876. Uh, saloon number 10 was originally located on Placer Claim number 10, from which its name is derived. A fire swept through the mining camp in 19, sorry, 1879, destroying the original structure, and a bar was built later on its former locations. Um, so speaking of cool names, let's talk about some of the crazy people that used to go to this bar. So we've got Wild Bill Hickok, we've got his good friend Calamity Jane, which I just think is the coolest fucking thing ever. Yeah, so dope. <laughs> yeah, just two trick shooters, you know, all doing their stuff. You know, uh, yeah. Colorado, uh, Charlie Utter, <laughs> oh, Texas <okay>. Jack, <laughs> California <laughs> Joe, <laughs> Buffalo Bill Cody, uh, Doc Holliday, the actual Doc Holliday, oh my god. Right, Poker Alice, Wyatt Earp, and Potato Creek Johnny. <laughs> oh, Potato Creek Johnny. <laughs> I love him. He's my favorite on that list. Um... So the old style saloon is super cool. So the death chair that he was shot in, they still have on display in the saloon. Um, and every day at like during the summertime, obviously, because it's not in the winter because it's a death trap in the winter. <laughs> um, we get a lot of snow up in the Lee Deadwood area. Yeah. Um, but uh, in the summertime when it's like tourist season around noon, they have a shootout and then they also do reenactments of um wild bill's death uh in the saloon which is pretty cool it really Um, is yeah so notably like there's uh you know there's a piano there that gets played and people like hear voices and see like shadows moving and stuff like that so it's kind of like the catacombs in the same sense of like there was a lot of like shit like so i have a a friend uh who is an archaeologist who's doing like a survey in deadwood and they just fucking find bodies there sometimes Jesus. like same situation like that's just been buried stuff because like it's a similar here in new england like the reason why there's fucking cemeteries everywhere is because it was like where they buried their families so they're right next to people's houses right like they didn't know <laughs> that like years down the line there was going to be other fucking people you know coming to this fucking place they just thought it was like a gold mining town right they didn't right. know what was going to happen um, so, like, you could fucking throw a rock and, like, find, like, hit a fucking dead person, <laughs> you know? Um, so that was the same thing here. There's, like, all this depraved fucking shit going on, and it's the fucking Old West, and people are dying of fucking, you know, all kinds of shit, whether it be murder or not. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so there's, there's definitely, like, creepy stuff that goes on at the Old Style Saloon number 10. Um, the next one we're going to talk about is the Bullock Hotel. Um, so the Bullock Hotel is a famous, well, not, I, I guess it depends on how famous you mean, you know? Yeah. Because I feel like for, for South Dakota, it's famous, but I don't know if anybody like knows of it, like on a broad scale. It's um, regionally but, famous. 
Yeah, it's regionally famous. That's a good one. Um, so the Bullock Hotel is an old hotel in Deadwood. It was established in 1894 by Seth Bullock, who was the first sheriff of Deadwood. Um, and the legend says that Seth is very much still in the hotel. Um, so there is a famous story, regionally famous, a story <laughs> of these parents that were like looking around the hotel and they couldn't find their young son. Um, so they're frantically searching the hotel, searching the hotel, and then they decide to return to their room, and they find the boy happy and healthy, and he told them that he had left to get a soda, got lost, but a nice man helped him find his room. Which, let's start, like, how the fuck is this nice man gonna know where this child's room is? Right. Fucking ghost. Uh, so when the family went to check out the next morning, the boy pointed at the portrait of Bullock that hangs in the lobby, and was like, that's the guy that helped me. Okay. Fucking creepy. I mean, great. He's like a super, like, that's the thing. He's like, he was the fucking sheriff of Deadwood. He's like, you know, he walks around the halls. Like, people have seen him walk around the halls. He just like, he's just making sure everything's Uh, running smoothly. You know what I mean? Like me out. (laughs) Can you imagine, like, working, like, being so work-oriented that when you fucking die, you're still just, like, the GM of a hotel? God, I would (laughs) fucking hate that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But apparently Seth Bullock is very happy. Look at him. Yeah, it's great. Um, so Mount Mariah is an awesome fucking cemetery. And I think Mount Mariah is probably one of the most famous places just because Wild Bill Hickok is there. Also, Calamity Jane is buried right next to Wild Bill. She requested that on her deathbed. Um, the So this is from um, the travel page again. Um so, pay respects to the most famous or infamous of Deadwood's dead at Mount Moriah Cemetery, including Wild Bill Hickok. He was, obviously, we talked about, a celebrated gunslinger, shot in the back of the head after drawing a pair of aces and a pair of black eights at Saloon Number 10. That is pretty fucking good. That's a good draw. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, so, there is a gorgeous fucking bust of uh, James Butler Hickok, his full name, uh, and a modest wooden marker inscribed with a personal farewell from friend Colorado Charlie Utter. Um, yeah. Seth Bullock is also, uh, resides up there. He, like I said, he was the businessman, hotelier, first, uh, sheriff of Deadwood. Um, he's in plot number 99. Um, and the thing is, like, when you get, so Mount Mariah is, like, it is on top of, like, a hill. Like, there's not really mountains in South Dakota, but it is on top of a hill. And so it has, like, a beautiful view um, so you can, like, look around. It's just, like, a gorgeous, gorgeous cemetery. It really is. Um, and then, of course, like you do with cemeteries, a lot of disembodied voices. And apparently a lot of fucking children laughing at night, which we oh, talked about earlier. It. Don't fucking like. Um, people have also mentioned the feeling of being watched. So, and I can say personally, when I went to Mount Moriah on this fucking tour, that is how I felt around, like, Bill Hickok's gravesite. Was that some, like, it felt like someone was watching me. Oh, creepy. Yeah, it was very, it was very odd. Yeah, so that's, uh, that's Deadwood for you. The thing that, like, that, like, gets me the most about all of this stuff is, like, they didn't, like, curse like we do. You know what I mean? So they weren't like, fuck this and shit that and blah, blah, blah. They're like, gosh darn, you know, oh, yeah. god dang it, dang gum it. Like, that's like literally how these fucking darn people talk. Darn tootin'. 
Right, and they're walking around fucking, like, shooting people in the back of the fucking head, just willy-nilly, and fucking, like, cutting people's fucking heads off. Like, this is, like, wild to fucking think about. So there's a lot of blood in the streets of Deadwood. Um, I haven't watched the show. I probably should. I haven't either. A little bit more, but... I love that guy, the one guy that's in the older man that plays, uh, fuck, I can't remember his name. Anyway, but yeah, so that is Deadwood for you. Yeah, I, I like the aesthetic of Deadwood. It's so, like, I think it's pretty and all of the houses are super dope. Um, and I would totally live there if it wasn't so far away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm not going to make that commute, especially in the winter. Right. If there's, like, not, like, a lot of, it's, yeah, it's, there's nothing, there's not, like, a whole lot of industry out there except for the tourist industry. Industry, It is fucking beautiful, and lead is beautiful, and, like, there's so many, like, things that you can do, like, in the summertime, because you're yeah. right in it. Um, skiing is really close, because the ski, re- the two ski resorts in South Dakota are up there. Oh, oh my gosh. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, but it's just so far a fucking away from everything. And there yeah. is no actual industry. I mean, I guess if you, like, spearfish, if you want it. But even spearfish is, like, a little bit of a fucking journey. Yeah. It's not great. Yeah. Okay. I'm Super going pretty. to tell you about Zach Baggins' Haunted Museum. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> Tell me all about this man. Uh, so I got this information from the Wikipedia and the hauntedmuseum.com and also myself because I have been to this haunted museum. And yeah. I, I included a picture <laughs> of him in the museum. <laughs> and I think it just really sums up who he is as a person. You'll see it on the Instagram. (laughs) So, first things first, who is Zach Baggins? He is an American paranormal investigator. um, And back in 2004, he teamed up with some of his pals to do this, like, documentary-style film called Ghost Adventures. And it did not air on the Sci-Fi Channel until 2007. After that, though, the whole thing really took off and they got a Travel Channel series of the same name. And then it just keeps going and giving and it's um, a truly special piece of TV culture. (laughs) Hell yeah. Um, Baggins has done some spinoff series, including one called Deadly Possessions, Uh, where he showcased some of the haunted and cursed objects that he's collected over the years. And that is how the Haunted Museum came to be. So the museum opened in Las Vegas in 2017. And that's the year I went, actually. (laughs) Um, Fuck yeah. Yeah, it opened in October. October. (laughs) It opened. My favorite month. (laughs) (laughs) It opened... In October, and I was there at the end of November. So it was, like, still a little baby getting around when I got there. Um, It was super fucking dope. Totally worth it. Um, If you are into this kind of thing, you should definitely go. Um, The ticket price was more expensive than I thought it was going to be. It was, like, $45 a ticket. 
Um, Damn. All right. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. We did not know that before we got in line. And then we found out and um, it was me and a couple of my friends and we were just like, yeah, fuck it. Like, what else are we going to do? Um, so fucking worth it, dude. So fucking worth it. <laughs> um, at the end of our tour, uh, Zach was actually there and he was wearing pretty much the same outfit that he's wearing in the picture. And just a great fucking black affliction t-shirt and bedazzled jeans, I'm assuming. <laughs> no, the picture, he's wearing a black, like, bowler hat and oh his, his glasses, and he has, like, a black button-down shirt open over a black shirt into right. black pants. Amazing. Um, yeah, so he wow. was there at the end of our tour, and I... Um, I'm embarrassed to say that I didn't know who he was because I hadn't watched the show or anything. I had no idea who <laughs> Zach Baggins was when we went to the Haunted Museum. I just was like, oh, Haunted Museum, that sounds awesome. So yeah, oh he God, was so standing there at the end of our tour and people were like fawning over him and taking a picture, like all kinds of shit. And I turned to my friend and I was like, what? Who's this dude? And she's like, that's Zach Baggins. I was like, oh, so he owns the place. And she looked at oh, him and like, was like, awesome. well, more than that but yeah he does so later i had to like go google it and i was like oh i'm fucking dumb <laughs> uh so yeah i didn't take a picture or anything because i was like okay well i'm gonna go look at the shit over here <laughs> right i'm gonna like go the opposite direction of the situation that just <laughs> oh my god that's so fucking funny but yeah i was like 10 feet away from him um pretty sure I made eye contact with him because everyone else was like in the, in our tour was corralled around him and mm -hmm. me and my two friends went into the gift shop. So, um, there was two gift shops. There's one that's like a regular gift shop and there's one that sells like spooky cursed objects. So we went to the spooky cursed objects one. Um, so we just stepped out in the hall and that's where I saw him. And then I just went back in the gift shop. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, so the Haunted Museum is all guided tour style. Um, it's really, really impressive and immersive. Um, the house from the outside doesn't look like it's going to be big enough for a museum, but it somehow has over 30 rooms, um, which also I think lended to it feeling spooky because it looks like a fucking house, like a regular house on the outside. And then you go in and you're like, <laughs> holy shit. Just fucking on the weird. Inside. Yeah. And um, weird. you also yeah, you have to sign a waiver before you go in um because of all the spooky haunted shit. Right. And you, you could get fucking possessed. <laughs> yeah, you could. Who knows? Who knows? Um when I was there, the basement was off limits, but I think that may have changed now. I think it includes basement stuff now. Um Ooh. yeah, so I'm not sure. <laughs> um so stuff. right? Uh, so each room is themed. They even had, like, at the beginning of the tour, um, they had a Deadwood room. And they had, really? like... Yeah, they had, like, some of the, the tables um, that Wild Bill used to play on and stuff, which is I thought was super cool. Yeah, that and is super cool. I felt really seen. <laughs> I felt really seen. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, there's a serial killer room. Um, I'm just going to talk about a couple of them because, like I said, there's 30 of them. Um, so these yeah. are the ones that really stood out to me. Um, 
there's a serial killer room and when you walk into it it's very very bright it's very um like dingy white um like the floor is like a linoleum there's an actual jail cell in there um along the walls there's uh, photos, like mugshots of all of these serial killers. There's cases that contain um, clothes that certain serial killers have worn. There's handwritten letters. Um, and they have like sound pumped in that makes it sound like you're in a crowded, like a cafeteria almost, hmm. you know? Um, so like just busy noise and like low voices talking. So it really puts you in like you are in um like a jail i guess uh which is really yeah. interesting um yeah i thought that was super cool um they had ed gein's cauldron um and that had a whole fucking room i do they did have a picture on the website of that so i included that it was fucking creepy um mm. so mm-hmm. ed gein really quickly <laughs> Butcher of Plainfield, he made household trinkets and stuff out of people's bones and skins and stuff. Um, yeah, so you yeah. know, it's like a lamp. <laughs> like, here's a little little tchotchke. Yeah. It's made out of teeth. Yeah. Here's a nipple belt. Yeah, it's um, super weird. And the room itself, and you'll see it in the picture a little bit, it looks like you're in a barn. Like, they made it look like there's, like, wooden walls and shit. Um, there's, like, a noose hanging and there is, they built a little loft above you, and then they have, like, a, you can't go up the loft, but they have this scene playing out above it that's, like, projecting, like, shadow puppet style onto the wall, um, just, like, spooky killer shit. It was fucking dope and scary. Um, and the cauldron is, like, big enough to put a body in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, very weird. Um they had a Natalie Wood room. Um, Natalie Wood, she died on a boat with Christopher Walken. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nobody knows. <laughs> Nobody fucking knows anything else, which is weird. Um, right. It's awesome. So, yeah. Super weird thing to think about. Um, so in that room, it's very obviously nautical themed and it has um, things from the boat and things that were hers displayed in this room. And that room... I, I, they had to have done something like maybe they tilted the floor. Like, so when you look at it, you can't see it, but when you're standing on it or something, um, because I felt very seasick and was getting vertigo in that room, much Mm -hmm. as like, you know, what you would feel if you got seasick on a boat. It was very weird. Um, Have you ever Which, been to uh, the mystery, um, the cosmos? The what? The cosmos mystery area. In oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Black Hills. Yeah. yeah. Was it? Does it? Is it the same feeling? Uh, kinda like that. Yeah. Okay. But what was so weird is like you know when you're in the cosmos you can you can physically see you're like oh I I see that the floor you know, is it's built that way. Right. Yeah. <laughs> built different. But, <laughs> yeah, but you can't see it in that room I don't know I was like (laughs) if I truly believed in ghosts and stuff um, instead of just wanting to believe I would say that something spooky is going on in this room and causing people to feel sick Mm -hmm. Um, 
but logically they probably just like shifted some shit around <laughs> yeah is what's in my head uh, but yeah they did a really good job of it like nailed it i felt seasick in that room um they also had a demon like from the demon house um so the demon house is from the Amon's haunting case which is an alleged haunting and demonic possession that happened in 2011 in Indiana. Um, it was this family that was like a mom, the grandma, and then the mom's daughter. Um, oh, the three kids. So there were three kids, a mom and a grandma that lived in this house and they got like haunted and demonically possessed. Um, if you want to look into that further, but in that, I think Zach Baggins ended up buying the actual house and he took the stairs that go down into the basement in that house and put them in the haunted museum. Um, so in that room, it's fucking creepy because there's these stairs and they did a light trick again that looks like at the top of those stairs, there's maybe like some haunting stuff going on. And then the room itself looks like it's outside. They actually hauled dirt from the demon house and put it in this room. Um, mm -hmm. They didn't let us go fully into the room. Uh, but that room, it kind of looked, they made the light show look like a storm almost. So it's like dark and scary and there's like storm noises going on. It was very creepy. That is it creepy. Was, oh my gosh. Yeah, it was fucking dope. Um, they also had like this haunted carnival, like this whole section. Um, and I absolutely loved it. I fucking loved it. Um, they did like some fun house stuff and whatnot, but they had this one room. It was a very, very long room. And you know, those like miniature circus thing, like children's toys almost, but they're um, like for display and it's like a whole miniature circus. Um, yeah. So it's like that. But when you actually start looking, um, it is one of those, but all of the people or stuff that's going on are like bad things. So, like, when you look closer, like, you may just, like, look past me, like, oh, there's the lion and the lion tamer. But when you look closer, the lion is attacking its tamer. And then, like, you'll see, like, a murder clown that's, you know, actually not firing a squirt gun or something, you know. It was, it was fucking cool. And I loved it a whole bunch. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Um. When I was there, there were two exhibits that you had to be 18 or older to enter. And one of them was the Dybbuk box room. So right. the Dybbuk box um, is from Jewish mythology. And it's a monster thing that is contained um, in this box. Um, and there's said to only be like a dozen or so of them. Um, so there's one that surfaced i think in the 1990s maybe i don't remember um but it surfaced and it's been passed around um from different owners because everyone's like i don't want it anymore it's fucking my shit up so now of course zach baggins right. has it <laughs> um and it's yeah so you have to be 18 or older to enter and it has like a little waiting room first so you go in and the tour guide is explaining to you what the Dybbuk box is. Our tour guide claimed um, she had never seen anything in the hotel, like anything haunty going on. But she did say that several of her coworkers had seen some shit. 
and one of her coworkers saw some shit with the Dybbuk box room. Um, so she's like telling us all the shit in this little tiny room. And then we go into the Dybbuk box room and it's just the Dybbuk box in the center of the room with a glass case around it. And around the Dybbuk box is um, a ring of salt all the way around, you know, to keep it in. Right. And uh, she was saying that um, when they first got when they first got into the museum, um, like the walls where they meet the ceiling looks normal. But when we were there, they there was like this weird black shit, like actually coming up the walls and up the ceiling. Hmm. And, she, and she was like, yeah, that just keeps getting bigger. <laughs> we're not sure what's going on. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, weird, weird, weird. Um, and then the Divic box itself, she was like, um, if you can see the um, doors on the little box, because it's like a little curio box, um, the doors have started to open and the ring of salt around it has started to like splay out. Like it's not a nice little row anymore. It's like becoming pushed out. Um, I think I think she said at the time that um, every so often they have to take the glass case off and like close up the shit again and uh, um, like do the salt again. So yeah. it's like an ongoing maintenance on the Dybbuk box. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Seems like maybe just get rid of it, you know? <laughs> he never will. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, so the movie The Possession is based on the specific Dybbuk box in question, if you want to know more. Um, mm-hmm. So this is a fun, interesting thing that I found. Uh, Post Malone. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, went to the Haunted Museum, and there's video of him, you can see, where he... Like, got, you know, the private tour with Zach Baggins, and he actually, like, touches the Dybbuk box. Like, they took the glass case off, and he, like, touched it, I guess. And then he had... I don't know. But then he had a string of bad luck, and he claimed that it was the Dybbuk box doing. (laughs) Um, So, like, after his experience with the Dybbuk box, he was involved in a plane emergency... Um, when two of the, like, on his private jet, like, some, like, two tires blew out on the runway. And then a few days after that, his old house was reportedly broken into by, um, gun-toting invaders. Oh my goodness. Not gun-toting invaders. (laughs) Yeah. And then a week after that, he was involved in a car crash. And yeah, he claims that it was the Divic box that... Well, why but, the fuck did you fucking touch it, man? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you can see that video on YouTube. Um, yes. As far as, like, extra spooky stuff goes, like I said, plenty of the tour guides have claimed to have seen some shit. Um, but the museum made headlines um, in 2019 when they had to close an exhibit And the headline says, Zach Baggins closes Devil's Rocking Chair Exhibit after museum haunts chilling encounter in his home. (laughs) So it says, 
Zach, this is from the article. Zach Baggins has closed a new exhibit at his haunted museum in Las Vegas after a series of visitors were dramatically affected, as was his own home. Baggins welcomed the new addition, a rocking chair from the Museum of Ed and Lorraine Warren that inspired the upcoming Conjuring 3 at the end of April. This is the first time that Baggins has closed an exhibit at his museum due to paranormal activity. The exhibition houses a wide variety of haunted items, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then I'm trying to find... Okay, here it is. This is the first time where I have decided to shut an exhibit down at the Haunted Museum due to multiple people being affected in connection to unexplained paranormal activity of the Devil's Rocking Chair, Baggins said. Six people all shared the same disturbing, uncontrollable crying during the short time I opened the exhibit. One of them being a guest who was um, being a guest who also collapsed directly above the devil's rocking chair on the stairs, saying that the um, the chair was underneath, like on the floor below. So they were like above, directly above it on the next floor above and collapsed. Um, And then at his own home, he said, me and a friend felt an evil presence move between us as we were sitting down in my living room, which then caused my dog to growl, Baggins explained. I then became very affected, began speaking strange things about God and Satan with my head down, and then my friend began to cry uncontrollably and literally ran out of my house. (laughs) Oh my God, that's a lot. Yeah, yep. So it's unclear if they're going to reopen the exhibit, um, but he did buy that chair at an auction for $67,000. Just so you are aware of that. (laughs) Man, Uh, money is just not fucking real, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So let's see. Um, The museum now is hosting late night flashlight ghost tours. Um, which I want to do so fucking bad. Um, they give you an engraved flashlight and paranormal equipment to borrow. And it looks like when I looked at their calendar, it looks like they're doing it through December. Um, and I don't know if they just hadn't, you know, put stuff on January. So it might be an all year round thing, which would be mm. cool. Yeah. That would be very cool. Yeah. Vegas is only eight hours away from me. <laughs> right? I get direct flights for like $90. That's what I'm seeing. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh my gosh. I think the last thing I wanted to mention about this is uh, the Haunted Museum TV show. They're, um, they just started like a series where he goes around and talks about his museum. Um, it's only available on Discovery Plus, which I don't have, right. so I probably won't see it. Um, but I right. think... Um, I think they're on, they're only on episode three or four right now. How do you make that into a whole show? I mean, I don't mind. I'll watch anything to stare at Zach Baggins for a fucking hour, but (laughs) how do you make that into a show? (laughs) It kind of seems like they're pivoting off of his Deadly Possessions um, TV show. So I'm guessing that he will go around and talk about specific objects and the backstory behind them. Mm. Because that place was fucking packed full yeah, like, he's got hella shit. Yeah, like, even um, Dr. Kevorkian's van was there. Like, I saw his van and shit Whoa. in a whole fucking room. Like, they have Damn. so much there. Yeah. I don't know how they got it in the house now that I'm thinking about it, but it's in there. I mean, I think that you could probably, you know, um, 
you take it apart is what you do. Like you take the whole ass car apart. That's how they get trucks into malls and shit, I think. God, that's so weird. Isn't it? <laughs> I would think, I mean. Take it apart, put it know. back together. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, probably. And I'm wondering if maybe they did any additions to the house since it's like so fucking big. They might have just like moved it on and then built the room around it too. Yeah, that's a total possibility as well. Yeah, because it's in, like, a, a fucking room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely check it out. It's so fucking cool. Would go again. Hell yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, I guess, uh... So we'll finish up with, uh, with Salem. Hell yeah! Yeah, so, um... Obviously, Salem, Massachusetts is fucking haunted. The whole damn town. <laughs> like, let's be honest. Um, so I just picked a couple of things to talk about. Um, so I got uh, some of this information from SalemGhosts.com. Also, Ghost City Tours. Um, and the Wikipedia, also SalemHistory.com. Um, I believe is the website. It's the Historical Society of Salem. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So Salem was founded in 1626 by Roger Conant and a group of immigrants from Cape Ann. Uh, the settlement was actually originally named Naumkeg, I think. Mm. I like Salem Naumkeg. better. <laughs> right, right. And that's the thing is sailors or settlers preferred calling it Salem, which is actually derived from, I believe, Shalom, which is the Hebrew Hebrew word for peace, which oh, cool. is fucking hilarious considering. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah considering what so, happened. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, so they were also joined in 1628 by another group of settlers led by John Endicott from the Massachusetts Bay Colony. Um and then, of course, Salem is best known for what happened in 1692. <laughs> yeah. So, in 1692, a physician diagnosed several teenage girls as bewitched, which resulted in the hanging of 19 persons and one being crushed to death. Jesus. <laughs> um, the following year, uh, witchcraft was actually, an edict was released that uh, all people from prison, all people who were imprisoned were to be released if they were accused of witchcraft so it's like a year later the anti-witchcraft thing happened which is fucking wild yeah um so yeah so the salem witch trials that's like the best known thing of all of it um yeah. and so the first place that i'm going to talk about in salem massachusetts is proctor's ledge so there was some back and forth apparently between whether or not Proctor's Ledge was where the 19 were hanged or executed rather. Um, and another place I believe called Gallows Hill. Um, they're both like small mounds. Uh, Proctor's <laughs> Ledge is a hill with like a crevice right next to it. And so through the diligent work of a member of the Historical Society, which by the way, Show love to your historical societies if you have one in the town that you're in because they're fucking awesome and you can learn so much information and most of it is going to be, like, free to you. Um, but, yeah, so through the hard work of the Salem Historical so uh, Association, they discovered that Proctor's Ledge was actually the site of the 19 executions. Um, so this is from 
uh, Ghost City Tours. In 1692, this small village of Essex County, Massachusetts, bore witness to America's most lethal witch hunt. Over 200 were accused and 19 were executed. Sarah Good, Elizabeth Howe, Susanna Martin, Rebecca Nurse, and Sarah Wilds were the first quote-unquote witches hanged at Proctor's Ledge. Um, So yeah, there was a bunch of them. But here's the thing is like... The only thing that really happened was, like, they were, like, they were seized with strange fits. And then, of course, uh, you know, if you've seen, uh, or read... Oh, God, now I can't remember it. All I can think of is Daniel Day-Lewis, which I know is wrong. (laughs) Um, but the play about the Salem witch trials, where Goody Proctor accuses them of dancing around the fire with Satan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, yeah. Um... So they were seized by hysteria. They called it witch hysteria. Um, and apparently, like, a lot of people were, like, experiencing this. Now, there has been other, like, it, it is of the opinion to some that what happened was they got uh, poisoning from a sort of rye, like, a, a mold that grows on wheat. And, okay. sort of, like, rye wheat specifically. Um, so some people believe that it's called, um, rye ergot. It's, so ergot is a, sorry, a fungus, uh, that is, it forms hallucinogenic drugs in bread, essentially. (laughs) So like if you're, if you're, if you're harvesting the rye wheat and you make bread out of it, the ergot is like a psychedelic. Um, and so it can like do all the things. So there's like many people, there's even an article on, uh, Britannica.com. Um, about how rye bread may have caused the whole Salem witch trial situation. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, because it wasn't just the girls. Like, it was, like, it was affecting a lot of people, and then afterward it just fucking stopped, and there was never activity or, like, accusations ever again. Right? Right. So they think that that might, that might have been the situation, because, like, during that time, so, like, ergot is, like, it functions very well in, like, wet, moist situations, um, and in the springtime, and that's, like, when all this stuff happened, and so they were thinking maybe, like, that's what really happened. It was just mass hysteria caused by, you know, everyone being on fucking drugs, <laughs> essentially. Um, okay. Yeah. So, but witchcraft was the easy excuse <laughs> for Salem. Um, so the testimonies were unsubstantiated, the testifiers untrue. Although the accused protested their innocence, they were hanged without fair trial, and their bodies were unceremoniously cast off in, and this is in quotes, the crevice. Oh. <laughs> and I'll post a picture of um, of Proctor's Ledge because you can see, like, the crevice where all of it, and that's, like, what happened was essentially, like, they didn't want to touch the bodies of the witches because it was like you it was you would become malignant so like you if you touch them even um you'd be cursed or whatever sure (laughs) right you know because it's a witch it's a witch bodies yeah so that's like even worse like on top of the hanging of these 19 people like they were just like they just cut them down and like tossed them into the fucking crevice yeah that sucks yeah unfortunate the witch crevasse. Uh, the witch crevasse. <laughs> oh my god. Well, next uh, we're gonna talk about you know you talk about crevices. Let's talk about a cemetery. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so the next one on this list is Burying Point Cemetery, which is one of the most famous, I think there's two cemeteries in, uh, in Salem. It's also the second oldest cemetery in the country. Um, it was established in 1637, which is, you know, give or take, honestly, it could be less than that because like I said, people in fucking New England, they'll just bury a body anywhere. Right. Um, so, uh, this is also from Ghost City Tours. Um, one of the most, uh, interesting names etched into the ancient gravestones belongs to John Hawthorne, who was a judge during the Salem Witch Trials. Um, by most accounts, he was wholly unapologetic about his involvement in the trials. Even upon his deathbed, Hawthorne is the great-great-grandfather of Nathaniel Hawthorne. Yes, the famous writer. And he was... And this is actually something that I knew beforehand. Nathaniel was so ashamed of his ancestors' actions that he added a W to his surname in hopes oh. of concealing their relation. Yeah. Did it work? So this guy... <laughs> I mean, obviously not, because we all know. <laughs> I mean, now in the future we know, but, like, maybe back then it was, like, you know, people didn't yeah. know. Who knows, though? Um, so, yeah. So there's lots of people buried at Burying Point Cemetery. It is the second oldest cemetery in the country, and obviously... It is on the official Salem Ghost Tour, if you're interested in taking that. I am. Um, yeah, so am I. I'm going, so I'm, I, oh shoot, actually, I'll have to figure out a different time to go. I gotta go before I leave. Yeah, you do. Because um, I'm going up, not down anymore. I was just assuming that I would go through <laughs> Boston <laughs> and Salem on my way home. Um uh, another of the city's landmarks is the Witch House. Um, and the Witch House is actually, it wasn't, so nothing was actually, like, none of the witches, the accused witches lived in the house. Um, but it is, like, where they had, um, like, the examination of some witches. There was a judge that was part of, like, the whole proceeding of the witch trials that lived in the home at the time. Um, and so it is, like, notable on the list of, um, of the whole, like, witch trials, essentially. Like, it's, like, a notable place. Um, so right. it's also known as the Corwin House, and it's the only remaining building in Salem that still has connections to the witch house. And this house is fucking almost 400 years old, which is fucking Shit. insane. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's now a public museum. Um, many people, this is from SalemGhost.com, many people believe that because of Corwin's involvement, which, the, with the Rich Trials, the huge, oh my god, I can't speak. <laughs> <laughs> Corwin's involvement with the Witch Trials, the home is haunted by the spirits of the people he sentenced to death. Uh, others claim Corwin himself haunts the home, in addition to four of his children who died early in life within the house. Visitors to the site have captured strange figures on film, as well as reporting cold spots and strange presences. So a couple years ago, I think it was the Discovery Channel, um, they, around Halloween time, they did, um, like, a paranormal paranormal investigation of Salem, and they live-streamed mm-hmm. it. Uh, oh my god. Yeah, it was super dope, and I watched it, because I was like, alright, it's a fucking live-stream, if shit happens, I want to fucking see it. Um, so I watched it, and I didn't see anything, um... But a lot of people in the comments were, you know, claiming, like, the orbs and stuff may be spirits or whatnot. Um, I thought it was dust. But 
Who's to say? Yeah. But yeah, it was super cool. Um, they did, um, they did that house and I think one other location, um, there's probably, it's probably on YouTube now. Um, I personally don't think it's worth your four hours of time, but maybe interesting right. <laughs> to click through or something. Yeah. Just peep into, check it out. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's Salem for you. Yeah. It's so fucking cool. I want to go so bad. I just want to go because, like, all the fucking architecture, like, if you look at the fucking witch house in the front, like, it looks like houses stacked on top of other houses. And firstly, I'm just like, okay, how did you do that? That seems, you know, counterproductive. Um, But the architecture is so fucking cool, and And it's it's so old, and it's got so much history. And so that's what I, like, really want to get into. Augie, it's okay. Sorry. Yeah, so it looks super it. cool, and uh, I just want to, like, hear, or, like, look at the history of it, I guess, you know? Yeah. I mean, I can definitely tell you here, like, there's hella cool sh- I mean, I'm in Maine, so it's, like, very, like, similar situation. Like, it was all, like, colonies, and all the towns here are very old. Some of them established before the country was even a country. Which yeah. Is wild. Yeah, so um, weird. <laughs> so, it's, uh... There is, there's just, like, the houses are so fucking cool, and there's so many cool, like, cemeteries and stuff like that, just, like, within my area. Um, but, yeah. It's a good time. I want to take yeah. a ghost tour of Bar Harbor so fucking bad. There's a guy that walks around in the top hat, and every single time oh, I see shit. him, it's always when I'm so fucking drunk. But, because <laughs> he walks right next to the bar that I go to, so it's, like, <laughs> it's usually on, like, a Friday night, and he's got, like, all of these, like, tourists with him, and I'm just, like, wah, <laughs> like, look at that man in that hat. Um, you should do it. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Cool. Haunted places. Woo! Yeah. So, if you have uh, if you have haunted stories to tell us, please send them to us. Yeah, even if it's like you went on a ghost tour or something like that, and you like saw something. Any of your like paranormal, interesting stories. If you have, you know, a cousin or a grandparent that was part of the ASPR, like let us know. Like yeah. write in. Um, all of that information can be found like through our social media. You can DM us there. Um, or you can email us, and all of that information can be found on our website, which is bitesizepodcast.com. Um, also, uh, if you're interested, you can find on our Patreon, or sorry, on our website, our Patreon information. Um, and if you like us, if you like the show, if you want to support the show, definitely consider becoming a patron. You get early access to our episodes, um, as well as bonus content as well. Um, and we have memberships, uh, down to like, even just like a dollar. If you want to contribute, you get all of the, um, the early access and stuff like that. We are doing, we are about to engage in a, a revamping of our Patreon, um, so that we can kind of, uh, cater things a little bit more to our, our crowd. Um, but yeah, if that's something that you're interested in doing, definitely hit us up do it (laughs) yeah um also i want to say a very warm welcome to our newest patron uh c10 frost thank you so so much for your donation and becoming a patron uh patreon patron um 
what you are contributing helps us keep the show alive and eventually like we will make improvements we'll have different things available for listeners of the show we'll be able to upgrade our equipment maybe get a social media manager because i'm really bad at it (laughs) you know all those sorts of things so everything goes directly back to you and obviously as you've noticed we do not have any ad uh or sponsorships or anything like that so yeah yeah and if you that's all thanks to you <laughs> yeah if you can't contribute with money um maybe just like tell your friends and give us a review or something that would be yeah really helpful yeah on uh, on apple podcasts i don't think you can review on spotify but definitely on apple podcasts every time that we get a positive review it bumps us up um and kind of opens us up to more people Uh, If they're looking for us, um, I Googled Bite Size Podcast for the first time and our actual podcast and not a defunct podcast that's not even, it's Bite Size something else. Like, it's like Bite Size Podcast something. It's like a weird thing. But it was like the first result that came up for a really long time, which was kind of disheartening. And I Googled it and and we actually got our podcast for the first time, which is super fucking cool. Oh, we're doing it. yeah and all of that is thanks to you guys and of course like we want to try and keep this like ad free for as long as possible um and everything that you are contributing is going back into the show so thank you so much just wanted to give that brief shout out um what have you been playing well since it's uh spooky season it's my favorite time on my animal crossing island (laughs) So I've been yeah. <laughs> back on my Animal Crossing bullshit and making my yes. little island spooky and collecting all the candy <laughs> for when Jack Halloween or whatever his name is comes. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I've been doing that. And then um, I am still playing um, The Wolf Among Us. And I'm really enjoying that. It's a fun murder mystery. Would recommend if you like a telltale game. Fuck yeah. I'm super yeah. into that. What are you playing? Um, I haven't really been playing anything other than um, Cultist Simulator still, because I'm still trying to figure out how that fucking game works. I'm having fun, though. That's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not good at it. I am having fun, though. It's something to, like, you know, take up my time. Yeah. Um, however, I have been watching a lot of spooky stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, so I just watched all of Midnight Mass in one day. <laughs> oh, cool. Uh, I think we're going to start that today. Uh, it's so fucking good, and I'm so fucking excited for That's you. what I keep hearing. Yay. Yeah, it's, I will warn you, like, it's a little slow, like, to pick up, but after is, like, oh, it just, like, it sets everything up so perfectly, and the dialogue is interesting, so that's, like, oh, okay. important. Okay. Um, also, the sheriff's hella hot. Hella hot. It's this, it's the guy from, uh... The haunt, uh, the haunting of Bly Manor, the second haunting series where they're oh yeah 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 which the guy, one the which guy? guy with the glasses and he oh, okay, has cool. like a full beard and it's like Ooh, oh okay 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 I'm in I'm in um yeah so I've been mostly just watching spooky stuff um I also watched like all of Ash versus Evil Dead in like two weeks <laughs> oh yeah so fun it's so great. Um, I can't believe I hadn't fucking watched it previous because I was a huge Evil Dead fan and like yeah. uh, 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 Army of Darkness. Um, 
But yeah. Well, now you have to watch Halloween Kills, too. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's on the fucking... I'm probably... Actually, that's probably what I'm going to do right now. Do it. Yes. All right. Well... Okay. Bye. Okay, bye. (laughs)